information. This information was leaked to European news agencies. It was being seen as a game changer by military strategists when it started showing up, reportedly confirmed from UK sources that the nation, the United Kingdom, would begin sending its Apache helicopters armed with deadly Hellfire missiles to Ukraine. Now, at that time, it was said that the Apache choppers would begin bolstering Ukraine's desperate fight against Russia, which has now entered into its 11th month. You have to remember that just like World War III and the widening global economic collapse, there were people at the beginning of this Russian invasion that said it would never happen. <coughs> I, of course, was flooded with information saying that I was a Western propagandist that I was only delivering to the Western side, that Russia would never invade that country. And here we are, the 11th month deep into this start of World War III. So just remember, when you have friends and family tell you that it will never happen or nothing ever happens, they're just putting their blinders on tight. Now, before being censored as either coming out too soon or because of validity, the new package of support was to include tanks, and it was said to have been confirmed by the Prime Minister to the United Kingdom. A defense uh, individual, a senior defense source, told reporting outlets that four Apache helicopters would be sent. They would be followed by two Challengers and two main battle tanks. The Ukrainian President Zelensky has, of course, welcomed any sort of support from Western countries in this proxy war against Russia taking place on Ukrainian soil, the largest war in Europe since World War II. Now, the Defense Source Insider said that the Apache would be a major game changer. The tanks, they said, would arrive first, and it would take a while before the helicopters could be deployed. Other NATO members, they said, would follow suit. Then the United Kingdom came out and said they must remove that information, basically scrape it from the internet, I guess because they didn't want Russia catching wind of this game-changing effect too soon. Russia, they say, has thousands of tanks, and so that it's going to take more than four Apaches to have a strategic impact, but tactically it is a major step for the Western world to fight against Russia. They said that we are sending AH-64Es, the most modern version of the Apaches, which, which can take out multiple targets in seconds. Each of these helicopters can be armed with up to 16 anti-tank Hellfire missiles, 76 Hydra 70-millimeter rockets, and a 30-millimeter chain gun. This means that these four Apaches can wipe out an entire regiment of 70 tanks on the Russian side within moments. Now, anything, if you know about the uh, background and the design of the Apache, it is powered by a Rolls-Royce engine. It has a top speed of near 200 miles per hour. It can detect more than 250 targets at once, up to 10 miles away. Each aircraft costs around $70 million. They require a team of two pilots and technicians to keep them in the air. Now, the Army Air Corps is being re-equipped with the 64E, and they should have 50 of them by next year, so it wasn't seen as a move that was going to deplete the United Kingdom's defensive and offensive capabilities. The tanks that are being sent in are the Challenger 2. They are one of the world's best reported tanks, seeing action as early as just a couple of years ago in the Iraqi War. 
UK sources say that the Challenger 2 can destroy any Russian tank. They say that its armor is designed to withstand most anti-tank weapons. A government spokesperson said that we are accelerating our support for Ukraine with the kind of next generation military technology that will win this war against Russia. Now from threats of a nuclear conflict to the promise that Russia will send a tsunami over European soil. That's right, an actual tsunami, a wave 200 meters high that they say will wipe out the lives of everybody on the coastline. Things are starting to heat up in this exchange that is leading us deep into what is being seen as an unresolvable World War III. Now the former Russian president, Dmitry Medvedev, accused the Japanese (coughs) Prime Minister Kishida of shameful subservience to the United States of America. He said that the Prime Minister to Japan should disembowel himself because of this subservience. You know, they're not wrong. It is a fight of America against China and Russia. Some would say that it always has been. Medvedev, of course, is an ally to the current president, Vladimir Putin. He serves as the deputy chairman of Russia's Security Council, and it over, he oversees the defense industry. He was responding, of course, to a meeting that took place between the prime minister of Japan and the current administration to the USA, after which the two leaders said that we unequivocally will use nuclear weapons by Russia in Ukraine as an act of hostility against humanity, and it is unjustifiable in any way. Displaying just how quickly the allied nations are readying themselves for a multinational conflict with China, we're starting to see reports coming in now showing that Dear Guardian 2023, an exercise has been confirmed. It's the first bilateral fighter jet training in Japan between the uh, Japanese Air Self-Defense Force, the JASDF, and the Indian Defense Forces and the Indian Air Force. It's marking a historic milestone as these two countries prepare to fight against China in the coming world war. It's being seen as the first ever joint air combat training exercise. It's running from January 16th today to January 26th. It's at the air base in the uh, Baraki prefecture. The GASDF is participating with four F-2 and four F-15 fighters And then India is bringing their own transport planes, including tankers, along with a contingent of personnel. They say that by conducting joint Japan and India fighter uh, fighter training, these countries aim to improve the tactical skills of each. They promote mutual understandings between the countries, and they deepen the defensive cooperation between these two, maybe Chinese, our enemies. They are taking place between these countries in a special strategic global partnership relationship. Now you have to remember this, that this is right after the United States said that it would begin uh, increasing its defensive capabilities in and around Japan. Japan said that they would begin uh, building new ammo depots near Taiwan, and we would see China enter this conflict soon. In related news, a U.S. carrier strike group began operating in the South China Sea on Thursday, according to a Navy announcement. This is as heightened tensions between China and the United States uh, and the United States take place. 
These tensions between the countries claim much of the body of water will be China's sovereign territory. Two Chinese ships are already tailing the U.S. group, according to a defense official telling the reporting international news agencies these ships consist of an aircraft carrier, a guided missile cruiser, and guided missile destroyers. The Nimitz carrier strike group is lethal, but it has non-lethal capabilities from space to undersea across every access, according to the Navy, and it does control every domain. According to the commander, it has entered the South China Sea for the first time as, as a part of a current deployment. The deployment comes as the U.S. military increases its presence in the region. It's an effort to deter China, which we know will not work. Once China sees its need to uh, rapidly modernize its own nuclear and military capabilities, China will act against Taiwan. Now, three weeks ago, a Chinese J-11 fighter intercepted a U.S. RC-135 aircraft over the South China Sea in what is being called an unsafe maneuver. We reported about that here. The RC-135 rivet was forced to take evasive action. The United States of America says that if this happens again, it will be forced to act. The People's Liberation Army fired back with their own account of the interception, saying that it was the U.S. aircraft that had abruptly changed its flight altitude within a dangerous approaching maneuver to the Chinese aircraft, despite a Chinese military video showing nothing of that sort taking place. Now, the leadership in Japan have made it clear that the nation will maintain a status quo against China, that the Taiwan Strait must remain as a free and open Indo-Pacific with the United States of America leading this. That, of course, is why Russia has said that the Japanese prime minister should disembowel himself in subservience to the United States of America. We have new reports that are being condemned by China, saying that Japan has confirmed its stance and it will begin expanding its military bases on island chains that are just off the east coast of Taiwan. On Monday, the prime minister Kishida was in Paris, France, where he met with the President Macron. The two leaders pledged increasing cooperation. They had unannounced uh, plans to hold military exercises between the countries. Macron affirmed the importance of maintaining a free and open Indo-Pacific. Then on Wednesday, the Prime Minister to Japan was in London, where he met with the Prime Minister to the UK. The two signed a new military pact between the countries it reports to describe itself as a part of a bilateral version of NATO. The pact is similar to the one signed in January last year between Australia and Japan. China immediately balked at this, saying that it is an attempt by NATO and NATO countries to basically militarize the South China Sea, and of course, they are not wrong. Red alerts are going out after information gathering operations showed that Iran is militarily entering into the Pacific Ocean for the first time in history. The open source intelligence data shows that Iran's Navy is in the prep stages of a stationing plan to position warships for the first time in the Panama Canal, a critical trade route in America's backyard that has never before seen Iranian military presence. Joseph Kumeyer, a national security analyst who, of course, focuses on Latin America, if you look into his background, he has issued an executive order 
This is among their organizations saying that Iran is laying the groundwork for this type of voyage by holding joint exercises with allies such as Russia and China. He says the two nations have been strengthening their ties within Latin American countries for some time. This is a quote. This is what Iran has been building in Latin America for the past 30 years. It has established embassies and bilateral agreements with a host of nations. Iran's goal, he says, has always been to have a military presence in this region. So it's not surprising at all for its Navy to announce that it is going to begin making moves on the Panama Canal. They have noted that if Iran does this, the United States will be forced to act. This is a tremendous escalation, says Humayr. Many people may discount Iran in terms of its military capabilities, but he says he would not discount it because they have building on this for a very long time and it is not past Russia to use Iran as a proxy, just as the United States of America is using Ukraine as a proxy. An Iranian rear guardmill has said that the Navy presence in the Panama Canal is meant to strengthen maritime presence events in international waterways. Today, he says, we can say that there is no scientific failure for us growing in that field. Iran says that it will add its naval forces when and where it likes to, even though it is sailing in the Pacific for the first time. It's likely that you're going to see these types of events increase here in the near future. Be prepared for countries like Venezuela and Iran to be used as proxies for Russia and for China. They say that rogue regimes in the area have signed 20-year cooperative plans to go against the United States of America. And it's very open source that the USA is being seen as the old world order, with Russia and China now working together as a new world order. Hezbollah, the Iranian-controlled uh, terror group, as it is called, also has a presence in that region and has been gaining ground for years now. So-called militants or actors against the state are known to travel freely through Venezuela and through the tri-border area that includes Paraguay, Argentina, and Brazil. And isn't it interesting that China is now building a new naval base in Argentina? Governments, of course, have been using artificial intelligence for years now, and it only makes sense to understand that the access levels of AI and machine learning that you and I have access to are iterations behind what the government has access to. Nor every possible action can be plotted. It can be refined. It can show your most likely course of action. Your every movement will help to refine the AI to know what it can erase and what it should reconfigure. Uh, reconfigure. You are already programmed into the system. Giving civilian strategists and military watchers access to what we have available to us now, we see that people are pouring data gathering techniques into the minds of machines. These show disastrous predictions of what is to come. The best thing that I can give to you in warning is just you and your family need to be prepared for the future. I want to get to a couple of viewer questions here on the channel. Mystic Bengals writes, will the EMP strike or nuke strikes hit inside the USA? I think the war started a year ago. So will it hit inside the USA yet or anytime soon? Mystic says this is a sincere question. 
will an EMP strike the USA? It's likely that this is going to happen somewhere around our planet. You can bet your last bullet that the United States military is preparing for this with continuity of government plans. Infrastructure will be brought back to life in only certain areas, and it's not likely that those will be your areas if we just look at the population of the USA. Maybe if you are in a major area of uh, U.S. military strategic development, your in infrastructure, including your electricity, your kids going to school, your car lights, any, or your uh, traffic lights, your telephone communications, maybe then you'll be brought back the quickest. But the mo uh, majority of the USA will be down for months, possibly even years. Zister Gabriella says, hey there, Brad and Kelly. My question is, I am flying from Hawaii back to the mainland. I think she may have already done this, but I want to answer the question just in case anyone else needs it. In case of an SHTF in route at layovers when I reach the final airport or before I reach my private auto and my housing, what should I have in my carry-on that will pass TSA inspection? Also, what should I include in my check-in baggage? This, of course, is a, uh, a game between the TSA and the flyers. You need to be able to defend yourself to the best of your capabilities, and it's their job to make sure that no one can have anything on them that can defend themselves to any sort of capability. So what you can use is really pushing the envelope of what is allowed to be discussed. I would just say make sure that you have your first aid kits, uh, you know, make sure that you have distractionary tools and make sure that you are remaining aware, situationally aware, because your intelligence is going to get you through further than anything else. Northwest Prepping says, I remember as a young private in Desert Storm, it shocked me the devastation I witnessed. It changed me. It affected everything in my life. When I returned home, uh, when I returned home, I was 30. Mentally, I felt 30. Between prisoners, bodies, rabid packs of dogs, and so much more, we there wouldn't have enough ammo. So, first chance we had, we grabbed the weapons and the ammunition of our fallen friends and maybe the enemies. They didn't need it anymore. They were out of the war. Permanently, he continues. Many things I won't talk about, but this changed my mind on war and it affected every other deployment I ever had. As they say, when one stares into the abyss, sometimes it stares back. This will change many people in many ways, I believe he's speaking of the uh, war that we are living through. Expect this and do your best to understand the hidden wounds of other people. You know, I've seen some videos recently and some images of people who have went to war and then the people who have came back. Sometimes only a span of three or four years takes place and definitely the stress ages their minds and their bodies. Do everything that you can to buffer yourself and your family to the best of your ability. Lisa Hilton says, question, how do you shield yourself from a drone with technology such as infrared? This may be a difficult task, but I'm very interested in knowing if it could be done. So we put up tips on the bottom of the uh, videos recently. One of those tips talked about how you can shield yourself from infrared. Concrete is definitely the best. Then you have things like mylar. Now, how uh, much bleed through the mylar, how much bleeding around the mylar, depends on what else you're touching. So what are you trying to do? If you have something that is rigid and will definitely shield you from the point of uh, viewing, 
you have to know where that is. So where is the drone or where is the Where is the person with infrared scopes or binoculars? Maybe something like a full infrared ghillie suit would help you and your family. Kayla says, question, what recommendations do you have for parents who are away from their children during school and work hours? My real question is, if a nuclear event occurred during a school or work hour, what would you recommend to parents? What would be the first steps to take to go get our children and to protect them? That's one of the things that really grinds my gears, as Peter would say, when we talk about schools' capabilities of locking down children. If something major happens, you need to be able to go get your kids, and that's something that really gets to me. Many questions, she says. My apologies, but the idea of this happening bothers me daily. Thank you for your advice now and every day when you release your videos. It is always appreciated. So what can you do? Definitely make a plan to get to your kids as soon as possible. In all likelihood, if a large nationwide event takes place, children will be allowed to leave. If not, you'll have to go and get them. Now you need to take into account any sort of policing measures that your school might have. So your particular school or district might have their own rules already drawn up. Sometimes they are more prepared than the average household. Maybe give a call to that school, talk to the principal, talk to the school resource officer if there is one, and ask what those plans are. Ask how they plan to handle the children in an event like that, and what would stop them from being released to their parents. Ask them if they are just blanketing a uh, an active extreme event, like an active shooting event, and if they'll use the same protocols, because of course then you can't go pick up your kids. Oh, now what do you do after or before you need to make sure that your evacuation plans are sound. Make sure that you can get into or out of your city as quickly as possible. No back roads and no maps. I hope that these questions help you think about what you can do in the event of a disaster. Because disasters happen to people around the world every day. We are just truly blessed when it is not our day to face one. From my family to you and yours, please stay safe and keep watch. This week's Full Spectrum News is brought to us by you, by all of our members on Patreon. Make sure that you leave one comment and reply to one other person's comment. If you're looking for long-term food storage, please check out nutrientsurvival.com forward slash FSS. Use the code FSS15 to get 15% off of your order. And then if you're looking for real antibiotics, check out contingencymedical.com. And you can use the code FSS10 to get a discount there. Most of all, get ready to the best of your ability. Because a changing tide China is coming. Stay safe, everyone. They want to put a base there. Uh, they want to put a base but there. Yeah. The Darien Turn deflationary amid wild whoa. Yeah. Let's go check that out. Uh, he was obsessed about it because he knew how much it was worth. He was trying to get that land back for almost his entire life. 2006, Bernard had succeeded in getting a historical plaque on the land that marked the Bruce family's contributions. But the 86-year-old died of COVID-19 in January 2021, 18 months before local officials finally voted to transfer the land back to his family. In an effort to Right, the wrongs of the past, the Los Angeles County Board made the 
momentous decision in June to return the Manhattan Beach land to the descendants of the Bruce's, a move celebrated nationally by reparation advocates. As part of the agreement, Bruce family members had a two-year window in which they could require the county to buy back the property from them. And now they decide to do just that. They are exercising the option, if you will, Ben. Listen, I don't have a property <coughs> or a contract that says somebody has to give me $20 million for it so I can pontificate freely and face no consequences financially or otherwise. But this hurts. I think the land's worth more, number one. And number two, I think it's priceless. I think it's priceless. It's part of their legacy. It's what their family wanted. It's what so many of us black and brown people understand about what real estate really is. Land, the one thing that you can't create more of. And yes, I think it should be enjoyed by all. What is LA County gonna do with it? What do you think about the family's decision here? Am I being too high in the sky? I mean, look, I think that it's a pretty happy outcome for them to be able to become 20 millionaires after all of this. That's an incredibly life-changing amount of money. And more so, it's their decision to do it. They're not being forced to sell the land back. And so, you know, they could have held out potentially for more money. But that said, because this land has been taken from them for so long, they would have had far more than $20 million, of course, by now. And the fact that there's just so many zoning restrictions and building restrictions now on land that would have been theirs would have been built out. They can't develop it on their own. So they are a bit hamstrung and kind of forced into taking this deal, but at least it's a pretty good outcome. Bruce's Beach is incredible. I've never been, but my friend's been trying to get me to go for a very long time. He actually, I just remembered that he sent me this video of how beautiful it is. Look, you can see how my wow. at this gorgeous wow. and to the beach, right on the beach. That's Bruce's Beach. Look how gorgeous the area back in the back. It's just an enormous, enormous park property. Um, could have been an incredible resort. Yeah. And it, it is enjoyed by people now. I just hope that that uh that the family is truly happy with this. If they are, then I'm happy. But um it's nice to see wrongs at least being righted to some degree. It's you know, to be able to set the precedent to be able to pay some reparations for yeah. wrong the past. I think is very important. So even if the amount of money isn't what it could have been, I think it's a, a step very much in the right direction. Yeah, and I think he helped me because one of the things you said, and I still think they should have got more money, but you're right. It was their decision this time. So yeah, they should be able to do as they wish. I just I wish mean, it happened 18 months earlier. What a bummer the man fights his whole life to be yeah, able to, to get, see this happen. His family yeah. has to see it and he doesn't. Yep. Um, but, but they wanted that legacy. Home. Yeah, they wanted the legacy um, for their descendants. So.